Welcome to another episode of the Week in Review podcast, a wagering-focused look at Tasmanian thoroughbred racing. I'm Matt Reid for tasracing.com.au and we again had another eight-race card in Devonport. We're down to the final two meetings coming up before we're back on the green stuff. Training honours went to the red-hot Adam Trinder, who took three to the races and left with a double. His strike rate is up to 36%, leading the trainer's premiership table early in the new season. Riding doubles went to both Brendan McCool and Daniel Ganderton. We started the day with a small field, but an interesting benchmark 66 over the 11.50. Some nice rip mares resuming in Red Letter Lady and Azaranka and Vivalici was second up after an impressive first up win. This went the way of Red Letter Lady, who was 380 out to 3.90 in a race where the market didn't really have a firm opinion. Perfect ride by Brendan McCool, landed one out and one back and sprinted past the two on paces in the home straight, that pair being the leader Artuso and Rising Sang, who sat second. Uh, those two ended up rounding out the trifecta. Uh, she's a nice mare, the winner. Bill Reiner said he would try and get her to a Oh, Mistress and Vamos, um, they look suitable targets focusing on the mayor's races. As a ranker, drifted late 3.30 out to 4.40, but the best part of her race was the last little bit, suggesting uh, a bit further than 11.50 will suit her. The rough watch here was on the 3.10 into 2.80 favourite Vivalici, who bombed the start probably about six lengths, uh, burnt some petrol to catch up to the field and then blundered near the home turn to lose a few more lengths. I watched the replay a few times. It didn't look as though she got on the heels, but uh, just sort of stumbled and took a bit of a chunk out of the track and lost more margin near the home turn. In the end, she was only beaten 3.8 lengths, which was a pretty good effort considering everything that went wrong. She doesn't have a history of bombing the start, so if you're on here, I guess you just put it down to a, a lot of bad luck. The second race was the first of three 1350-metre races on the day, and they were all won by the leader, and this was actually the quickest. Iskra, a six-year-old mare for Cameron Thompson, opened her Tasmanian account at start four in the state. Now, the claim for Peter Lou got her in with 55.5 kilos and with good weight relief from the field. She was well back from opening prices to start around $5.00. The favourite GG Baywatch was a huge drifter here, 3.50 out to 4.40 and was snicked back to the tail early despite racing on the pace for most of his campaign and he basically fought the rider Daniel Gannon for the whole race. Interesting tactics on him to say the least but the option to ride him back took a bit of pressure out of the race and the leader enjoyed a good time of it in front, rolled well on the corner and held off the chasers. I suspect this is her go, Iskra, the 1350 around Devonport. I note she's nominated again this Sunday. Uh, Johnny Chutzbar camped just behind them, but with 60 kilos, took a little bit to pick up in the run to the line. Uh, good effort, but I'm taking him out of the black book, not because I don't think he can win a race, but... Just don't need to religiously keep following him now. We've got a bit of an idea of where he fits into the the bigger picture after three runs in Tassie. Solid return from Northern Spirit in third. Uh, She was 460 out to five, a slight drift, but uh, nothing overly noteworthy. The horse lost at least two lengths around the 600. It's not really clear why. Uh, The pace quickened, which seemed to catch the rider Troy Baker by surprise, and and from there the horse was under riding until the winning post. I suspect she'll be looking for the mile next start or, or 1,400 if she's saved for Launceston. 
Look, I, I do think Northern Spirit is the horse with the best chance of progressing well past benchmark 60 grade, which is what the race was here. I just think it's likely to be over longer distances uh, than she faced here. The beekeeper, a length and a half in front of the top of the straight from Poet Warrior. Vandoro back on the inside. Out deeper on the track is Gold Gown. Further back, Shaborn Delago. But don't tell me this is the day for the beekeeper, is it? Three lengths in front, the beekeeper, and is spearing away to win by even more. The beekeeper breaks its duck, scores by five, maybe six lengths on the line. Race three was another 13.50, and Connections were finally rewarded for their persistence on the beekeeper, who wins his maiden dominantly at start 17. Stu Gandy opted for the claim here of Erica Byrne-Burke, which meant the horse had a couple of kilos off the 58.5 he's been carrying. And like the previous race, uh, EBB went straight to the front and was too good. It's a huge advantage to draw inside over the 13.50 and land straight on the rail. It basically means around the tight Devonport track, you've got no reason to leave the fence and can control the race. 290 into 260, the beekeeper. It really did look his race. I mentioned in the past on this podcast, but... Deep into the preparation with a horse like the Beekeeper, he's unlikely to improve, but as we saw a few weeks ago with a horse like Gigi Cloudy Bay, eventually the figures that the Beekeeper's been running would be good enough to win a race, and that's what happened here. He essentially ran the exact same time he did four starts ago when finishing fifth to Ubriaco in a 13.50-metre Devonport maiden. It's a slightly frustrating result personally. I did the form for this race and texted a mate at the time and said, look, I think I'll be finding the beekeeper, believe it or not, this week. But I couldn't bring myself to take the $3 about a 16-start maiden. I basically marked the winner and the eventual second horse, Poet Warrior, around $4 and went the way of the value on my assessed prices, which was Poet Warrior, who at the time was around $5 but was heavily supported into $3. He had to work early from a wide gate, which was always on the cards given where he drew, but was no match for the winner and eventually a massive margin of six lengths. So, look, even though the beekeeper has taken so long to win his maiden, he's got nearly 50 grand in prize money in the bank. So already been a good money spin-up for connections. Third horse here, Gold Gown at $41, was good after racing wide for much of the race. But look, a 17-start maiden braining these by as much as he did doesn't say a heap for the immediate chances of the beaten brigade. One of the more impressive wins of the day was that of Incriminate, a four-year-old gelding returning for Adam Trinder, lifted over the line by Brendan McCool in the last bound to give him an early double. Uh, Incriminate was 340 into 270 on the official prices, but much bigger than that early and always a steady firmer. But a big win here. He jumped very well, but raced three wide for much of the race after speedrunners kicked up inside him. The leader need to be Unique, who was also first up and a little drifter. Nine out to $12, booted clear on the home turn and looked home and hose, but under strong left-hand whip riding from Brendan McCool, Incriminate got there in the final bound. And I must say, well done to caller Colin McNiff, who stuck his neck out and called Incriminate home. Even though when I look at the official print on the Taz Racing website, I still can't find a margin, but... Colin knew that there was one there. Start four for Incriminate here. Two of the previous three were over 1,400, so the stable must think he can get further than the 11.50 of this race, and it's hard to argue with the way he finished here. It was a really nice win. 
Noah Blake, who had a four-figure win bet on the second horse, need to be unique, and that would almost be enough for me to give the game away. Must have gotten close to a $1.01 in the run, need to be unique, and led everywhere except in the photo. It was a really nice return there as well for the Kelvin Hamilton trained Galloper. The Quinella have put a good margin on third, and the overall time was only a couple of lengths slower than the win of Red Letter Lady, so... The first two across the line in particular are a couple to follow, but I think the same can be said for the next two across the line as well. Binance was having her first start for Mark Gandleton, had a stable change, not a huge amount of market support, 26 into $21, but she ran very well for third. Daniel Gandleton went easy on her late, but she still had the third fastest final 200 of the day. I kept her safe here at a price. I thought the trials were decent and she's a horse that's shown glimpses of ability in her career and this was the case again here and I'll certainly be keeping her safe again next time. Probably both black book runs, but I'm adding in Clara Karen, who's a three-year-old filly for Yasin Nishitani that had her debut here. She got back to last from a bad gate, but had the seventh fastest final 400 and fastest final 200 of the entire program from the Stride Master data. Obviously has a bit of a motor and, as mentioned, went back from the wide gate, probably obligated to do so, but a a very nice debut performance. So into the black book goes Clara Karen. $5.50 chance Mystical Vixen, who was a stable mate of the winner, was a late scratching here. So keep that in mind with fluctuations. But it also shows how much the market abandoned GG Enough Speed here, who was $5 out to 9 after being smashed into an odds-on pop first up. Big disappointment here in this race was Cambalago, horse I found each way for the staking strategy, which is a bit annoying because he didn't start anywhere near an each way price. He was 480 into 330, but this was a big step back from his first up run and no real excuses with a run he had in transit. He's run at least a full second slower than he did last time when beaten in a photo to Valino. It continues a slow start to the season for trainer Leon Gaffney, who had a strike rate on a home track last season of 29%, but she's yet to open her account in the 21-22 season, all of which, of course, been in Devonport. 14 runners for zero wins and five placings so far for Leanne in the new season. Tazracing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian thoroughbred racing. Subscribe to the Ultimate Tasmanian Form Source today. Form Plus Pro by tazracing.com.au. First leg of the quaddy. Well, Turk Delight won his second career start and his second win came here at start number 13. He's SP'd less than $5 on five occasions since that maiden triumph. So the market certainly didn't expect him to take this long to win another race. And he was a drifter here too, 360 out to $5, but got the best of a tight finish over the heavily supported even money favourite one lotto. We saw a really good front-running ride over 1880 metres last Sunday week on Red Fior. Peter Liu worked to the lead early, got his own way and then picked up the pace from the 600, which left those behind doing early work, stuck to the inside rail and the chasers never really got close. Different tactics here adopted by Erica Burnberg on the favourite one lotto. She found the front easy enough but never pushed the button and allowed the field to catch her approaching the home turn and she opted to leave the fence as they rounded the home bend leaving a saloon passage for the winner who had trailed her for basically the whole race it turned into a dog fight down the home straight but Turk Delight hadn't spent a penny in the run and, and won by a half head on the line 
best ride wins, and the Quinella put four lengths on $41 outside of Port Berry in third. thought the disappointment in this race was Karnak Kid, who was pretty poor, the $3.40 second favourite. Settled in the back half of the field, which off a slow lead tempo was never going to be ideal, but in turn never seemed to travel and finished a disappointing sixth. The Quinella are the two to take from the race in, in similar next start, but they'll be well found in the market again. Race six, well, if you were keen on Miss Tuppence, this was one of the biggest gambling gifts you'll be likely to receive. $2.80 out to $6.50 if you don't mind, Miss Tuppence, and absolutely strolls in to give Adam Trinder a double. Now, doing the form for this race, I was wondering why the Trinder stable apprentice, Erica Burnberg, wasn't riding Adam's runner. Instead, she was riding for Tegan Keys on Strategic Agenda, and Daniel Ganderton had the ride on the eventual winner. Maybe the steer EBB gave Miss Tuppence first up, had a part to play. It certainly wasn't one of her best, but in any event, I think the jockey change had a huge part to play in the market here. Strategic agenda was 5.50 into 3.60 after 9am on race day, but much bigger than the 5.50 earlier. And I think the expectation was with the claimer on strategic agenda will go straight to the front and lead all the way. Well, strategic agenda did go forward, but was quickly collared turning for home and eventually ran fourth. The winner was completely headless in the betting, a total surprise given she jumped $1.65 in the same grade last start and had a stack of excuses. You only need to watch the replay to see that the horse was never on the track. And for her to SP 650, is crazy really. I had it a race in two between the, the two-year-olds of last season, Gigi Lucky Jess and Miss Tuppence, both around $3. I, I sided with the better value at the time. I submitted my preview, which was Gigi's Lucky Jess, but well, we, if you knew we were getting six fifty, Miss Tuppence, well, you'd pin the shoulders back. Anyway, good ride from Daniel Ganderton, inside draw, camp behind the speed, got to the middle in the home straight and put the race away without a, a heap of effort. The last 600 from Miss Tuppence was the second best of the program and they've broken a minute for the 1009, which is always a good gallop around Devonport. Look, she's a nice horse. This was a good win and just don't know what to make of the crazy market drift. I said it when she ran a drum at the track and distance last time, but Scasm's a bet to nothing over the 1009 around Devonport, particularly the place. She was excellent again here for second at $18. Uh, GG Lucky Jess had no luck, posted three wide early, but closed very strongly in a nice return from her. She was also a bit easy, three out to 360, but it's good to see last season's two-year-old showing a bit of form as it hasn't held up overly well so far. Back to the 1,009 metres here, GG Goldenlass went around the $3.60 equal favourite, but she always seemed to run off her legs, and I think going up to 13.50 off an 11.50 metre base would have been a more suitable option than uh, back in trip to the 1,000 here, but of course after the race it's easy for me to say that. Ladbrokes new bet ticker now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbrokes app and see where the big bets land. Get the down low on the download. Ladbrokeats. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The last of the 1350-metre races was a bit like the first two. Jump, lead and win for Divisor to give Troy Baker a winner. Look, this is one I'm really kicking myself for not finding on Sunday. The race panned out exactly as it mapped. No real pressure for the leader, and and Troy Baker did as he pleased in front. There was no late money either for Divisor, despite the favourable map. Drifted quite significantly late, 390 out to $6.00. 
Uh, and this race being about three lengths slower than the maiden win of the beekeeper shows just how easy the winner had it in front. Freelancer was the easing favourite, 3.30 out to 4.40, got a nice suck run up the rail but didn't really take any ground off the winner in the run to the line. I think the jury's still out a bit with Freelancer, like what's his best distance? I do see his nom for a mile race this weekend. Um, while looking at the winner divisor, I think he's an on-pacer. He should be ridden for speed and that seems to be where they can get the best out of the horse. KOL raced wide for much of the race, so... There was merit in the effort to finish third and was $31 into $21, while fighting Floyd, who was 7 into 550 off the official prices but double figures bet early, found the one-by-one one position. So his effort to not at least run top three was a bit plain. This was a race where it was impossible for those in the back half to get warm with the way that uh, the tempo was up front. Has the look was the best of the closers, and Nigel Shuring has this horse going very well. Uh, the little race within the race or has the look finished just in front of GG can win, perhaps adding a little more salt into the wound for connections. It was stripped of the race at the previous start. The last of the day was a four-horse field over the 1650 at Benchmark 70 level. And Kona has run his last two races over this distance in Devonport on the 29th of August, which was another four-horse field. And Kona finished third behind Galway Gell. The winning time there was 1 minute 40.45. On Sunday, and Kona finished first. His winning time was 1 minute 45.41, basically 30 lengths slower than his previous race. This was essentially a trial, and the two senior riders schooled the two apprentices who let it all unfold. Credit to Daniel Ganderton, the only rider who showed any initiative and wanted the lead. Uh, Troy Baker on the $3 favourite, Rising Light, was happy to hand up early and I guess hope he could run past and Carter in the home straight. It was a classic Ganderton ride here. He waited for as long as he could to ask for the effort in the home straight. He even had a look over the shoulder to see what was behind. It was a heads up, heads down finish on the line and Ancona got the best of the photo. Ancona had the second fastest last 200 of the day and Upwind, who came from last, had the fastest last 600. So it was a farcically run mile race, really. But we know the Quinella are nice horses. Jury's out on where Upwind is at for the campaign. Well, Ethical Dilemma was pretty plain to finish last, given it looked a nice race for him on paper. So that was another Sunday afternoon in Devonport. Uh, lovers of the synthetic will be enjoying it while they can, as I said, in the opener, only two meetings to go before we're back on the grass. It was another complete strip out for the staking strategy. It's happened a couple of weeks ago, as I said at the time, only for the second time ever, but didn't take long for number three to unfortunately pop up. Look, a little bit of bad luck, but I'll put my hand up and say I largely found the wrong horses there on Sunday. I didn't give enough credence to my speed maps and went hunting for some value when it wasn't there. Hopefully we'll be better this week. Black book adjustments from Sunday. Johnny Chutzpa comes out and Clara Karen goes in. I think that third race is the one in terms of future winners. Looking at the first four across the line, really. Fighting Floyd was a bit plain on face value, but I'll give him one more. And uh, impressed by the win of Miss Tuppence too, and keen to see whether she can take some ground off the couple of two-year-olds that were ahead of her last season. So it was a massive week really for Tassie Racing outside of that meeting in Devonport. Newhart was crowned Ladbrokes Horse of the Year last Friday on the same night that Swoop Dog was top three-year-old and Turk Warrior officially officially crowned the top two-year-old. Both Mystic Journey and Still a Star ran super in the Let's Elope at Flemington. 
Uh, Betty in particular against the pattern of the day was enormous and there's no chance in hell you'll be shopping $15 about her next start. And Siggy Carr jagged her first mainland winner with full knots ahead at Maui on Monday, so a credit to her for making the decision to send that horse across the water at, at a time where... Uh, with COVID and everything, those uh, things must be quite difficult and, and really pleased to see that it paid dividends for her. Speaking of Newhart, he was back at the trials on Tuesday. I understand that Testa Rossa over 1,300 at Sandown on AFL Grand Final Day is the first up assignment for him. Uh, it has to be said in that trial, war correspondent looks super a strong hold as he crossed the line first. Coming up this weekend on Saturday, Scotty Brunton has his excitement machine, Hella, nominated for a couple of options at Caulfield. Very excited to see how she goes, and we'll learn a little bit more about her there. She's unbeaten uh, in Tassie, but uh, the one run interstate, albeit at Group 1 level, did not pan out very well. Back in Devonport on home soil this Sunday, uh, likely to be more of the same, a combination of a few thin races and, and those with bigger fields. We'll put the work in to try and find a winner there and look forward to reviewing the meeting on next week's podcast. Thanks for listening.